0: Hey guys, so if you love this episode, please be sure to subscribe on the current listening platform you are on right now and share with your family and friends. I really appreciate you bringing on this journey with me and I'm really excited about new things that are coming. I'm always getting inspiration for how this podcast can really transform and support people as they shift and they pivot. So look out for new content, particularly around business and women entrepreneurship. I'm still gonna be staying you know, true, obviously, to this shift and this pivot, and how to do that, and uncovering the process in that when it comes to women, and also this business aspect, which is what I've been doing for the last 18 years in coaching. So I appreciate your support, and I'm so excited that you're here. So today I'm speaking with Patty Franco, as she describes really in such wonderful detail what she did, doing all the different transitions in her life. You see, she went from a six-figure corporate executive to direct sales, to network marketing, to her own brick and mortar franchise business, and now in her own company. She really shares the takeaways in one word for each of those transitions. And at the end, we bring it all together in a nice little package for you to be able to support yourself if this is something that you are interested in doing. So this is a very transparent and authentic conversation regarding business evolution. From a woman's perspective, and it's really eye opening. And I'm glad that you're here. So let's take a listen. So, yeah, so uh, Patty, I'm really excited for you to be here and our conversation today, mainly because I'm so fascinated by the fact that you have been really in these different job situations across your career. And in each one of them, they've held, I'm sure, some aha moments and maybe some gifts from being in corporate America to being in direct sales and network marketing and then moving into a brick and mortar and then now your own business and company. And so I want to hear about it all because I'm sure that there are people who are listening who are like, okay, it may not be in that order, Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to, you know, where people are at, it may be going to corporate America, it may be having a brick and mortar, that's your end kind of place that you feel like you're actually vibing. But do you actually now feel that having your own company and being independent, truly independent is really where your sweet spot is?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting. I So I now have my own coaching practice. And I always h- held that as a goal that I would Probably work on towards my pre-retirement, going into retirement phase of my career, you know, sort right. of like the last stage of it. And all the things that have unfolded in my career up till this point have really helped me think differently about what's possible and how you, you know, you can really step into things even if you don't have all the pieces in place. So I actually do feel like I'm doing exactly what I was meant to do. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to discover that and not wait even longer.
0: I I think the whole waiting piece is really where um, some people can be stuck at, you know, this lack of moving forward. So tell us about your corporate background. So I want to know from the beginning, like, you sure. know, so your corporate background and then kind of the aha moments in that and then what made you transition, if you can take us back to that transition piece, because that I think for a lot of people is the biggest transition part, which sure. is going from corporate America, which is the steady kind of consistency, whether you want to see it as far as you know, obviously money, but also benefits and security to moving into direct sales network marketing. And so what was the aha moment or kind of what shift helped you to shift to move into that direction?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I remember it actually like it was yesterday, amazingly. So I had reached a point in my career, I spent about 10, 15 years in the corporate world and in HR and training and development roles. And I had worked my way up to management level positions. And I was really proud of those accomplishments because I worked really hard and did a lot of internal relationship building as well as results producing and all of that to get to that point. And one of the positions I was promoted to brought me out to Chicago for three years, which was a major decision to leave my family and network here in New York, where I'm born and raised, move out to Chicago for a promotion and reestablish my whole life and my whole network and everything. And then I came back in 2006 to uh, be with my parents because they were developing health issues and aging and all kinds of complications at the time. And I was in my last corporate job at that point for a major company, and it was in New York City, and it was going really well. I was enjoying it. I was doing well with it. Then the company started to go through some organizational pain points, you know, where there were some downsizing, there was some restructuring, but I found it, I think the key for me was that... I was getting tired. I was getting tired of the politics. I was getting tired of all the energy I had to spend in addition to my actual work that they hired me to do and my job function. I was really getting tired of all of the sidebar conversations and speculation and political positioning and all of that just to try to protect my turf, you know, to be able to Okay, I won't be on the next downsizing list, or I have to, you know, really build a relationship with this person so I can have job security. And it felt very inauthentic. And I think that was a key thing for me as I started to feel my morale go down. And even though I was doing work that I enjoyed, I didn't feel like I was adding as much value. You know that's in such an i
0: you, th- that's such an excellent point that you bring up because I do believe that for some people there's this intention that they say to themselves you know what I absolutely love what I do but I can't stand the energy sapping that comes out of where I have yeah. to go into work every single day you know. Yeah. And- You know, it's really important to be attentive to that energy kind of withdrawal that comes forth in a place or an environment that's unhealthy for you, because that is half of the issue. So, like you said, I absolutely loved what I did, but there was another part that I had to expend. I had to expend all this energy on protecting my turf and making Mm -hmm. sure that I was doing what I needed to do, or in regards to not even the physical part, but the emotional and kind of the game that the corporate America game that needs to be played in some level and some degree.
1: It was, yeah, it was exhausting. And I I remember the exact moment because I would come home and I would have evenings where I was kind of down and disengaged, you know, I, it was effort for me to connect with family and friends. And that's when I you know, I was really starting to notice it was affecting me. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he said to me one day, because I was just, I guess I had had an, an emotional moment, you know, a little bit of a meltdown. And he said, Well, what is it that you really want to do? Because I said, "You know, I really want to leave, I really want. And I kept articulating what I didn't want, you know, or, or what I wished. And he actually asked me the perfect question at the time, which was so so if you put all that to the side, what do you really want to do? And it was an epiphany. I said, you know what? I really want to just quit this and move into network my network marketing business full time. But And he's like, well, so how can you make that happen? And I was like, that's a great question. You know, And I knew what the answer to the question was through additional hard work and more training and, and mentoring for me to get to a certain place where I could make that a full time income but I I did have the wherewithal and the vision that it was possible. And I think, you know, at that moment, having his support and him asking me that question just really helped me to step into it. But there's many ways one can reach that, you know, through reflection. You know, at other points in my life, when I decided to leave New York and go to Chicago for that promotion, I mentioned earlier, it was through journaling and through a coach that I hired who helped me kind of process it and, you know, do the pros and cons and make the decision and take the risk and step into it. But in this case, it was that conversation. And I really started to think differently from that moment on. I thought, you know, how could I, because I had all the typical fears, everyone who's in a sure, secure yeah. corporate job has you know i was like oh this the pay is so good i mean i had really reached a point where i was comfortable and happy it wasn't like oh i'm making enough i'm getting by it was like really comfortable
0: no you were raking um, in the money just say that you were the-
1: <laughs>
0: and the other so- thing that i want to point out is that you know as coaches both patty and i are coaches but you know this sense that you really do need support you know like it just doesn't you know it just so happened to be your husband and we can have another podcast just than our husbands. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's that conversation. Um, like you said, you had a coach, somebody who was supporting you in the transition of what's going on, because there is that level of introspection that is triggered by the questions that potentially exactly. that is, you know, what coaches do. So.
1: Actually, absolutely no. It it gave me permission to take it to the next level. You know, with the 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 dialogue that he and I had, and then bringing it to my my mentors at the time and saying, what do you think? You know, I think I really want to do this. And I had support from more than one person. It was a couple of key people in my life. And I'm so grateful and thankful for all of that support because it can, people can get stuck in that place for a good long time. But I think the shift happened for me there in that I, I made a decision. I said, you know what? I have no idea how this is going to work out. I, I'm i scared. You know, I, I had doubts and fears and concerns just like any person would. But I said, I'm going to go for it. You know, right. if I don't, it's going to continue to eat away at me. You know, when yeah. you have yeah. that nagging inner desire to do something different and you don't feed it and you don't acknowledge it and use it, it just stays with you and it, it turns into negative energy, I feel, and it, it can be depleting. So, so I then started, you know, it took the better part of the next year to make all of that happen, you okay. know, between winding down with my corporate job. And I, and I took some pretty bold steps. I'll say I actually went to my my HR leaders and I knew that they were gathering this list for the next round of layoffs. And I basically raised my hand and I said, could you put me on the list? <laughs> you know, so that was one of the ways that I made, made it a little easier to do that. And I know that's, that's not always possible in every case, but that was important to mention that I looked at every angle. You know, I didn't just write my resignation letter and, and hand this to someone and walk out the door. I thought about it very strategically and said, What's the best way to exit this organization so that I have, you know, some income to sustain me while I switch from this to that and I can feel as secure as possible? So I I would say that was a key learning, you know, is just figuring out, you know, making sure that you have a plan in place so that things can be handled and you're safe. And
0: And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to ask you one word that you were searching for because I'd like to kind of see the trends of the word as you move on. Ah. And so what was one word that you were searching? Like, if you can define that energy of what you were searching for in one word, moving from corporate America to direct sales and network marketing, what would that one word be?
1: One word. The first one that came up for me was power.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like being able to
1: use my influence and my energy, my ideas, my creativity, in the ways that I want to, so that I can impact others', others lives. Because it wasn't just about me working on my own terms and doing something fun, which it clearly this business model was a very fun one, but it was also about having an impact. You know, I, I wanted to be powerful in the way that I felt more of that connection between the day-to-day work that I do and the impact that it's having. And also being able to see that. So I would say that.
0: That's pretty awesome because I do, I can't understand that from, you know, just being in corporate America, working in healthcare and then transitioning and also knowing that, you know, the first word that comes to me would be freedom, but essentially to be able to have the power to influence and to support people was a big factor so I can see that so now you're in network marketing direct sales Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then there's years there so to speak and so what is it that helped you to support the next transition which is that Mm -hmm. you went from direct sales network marketing to a brick and mortar business Mm -hmm. and what shifted for you once again
1: sure so what shifted for me at that point was just realizing that While I loved the business model that I was in, you know, within the network marketing world, and it satisfied me on very many levels, my life had changed. So I had gotten married, I had a a baby and we wanted to have a second baby. And I was more and more realizing that I needed to be able to work from home and have the flexibility to shape that how I see fit, at least for the next five years or so and we talked about it from different perspectives my husband and I you know both the financial piece and trying to create a a more predictable income because you know the upside of network marketing models is that when you're producing really well it pays really well and you know then there's dry periods and you know there were times when it didn't and while that's okay in certain circumstances you know as you're raising your family and starting out you tend to want a little bit more predictability and security so we then started looking at franchise models. And um, he because he had uh, he had been laid off from one of his corporate jobs, and he was in transition as well. And while he was planning to get reestablished in another position, actually, that was when he started his own business as well, his consulting practice, you know, we together said, well, what could we because he he acknowledged that I had great entrepreneurial skills and energy (laughs) and, you know, take my HR background and now my sales and marketing background. And how could we leverage that? So we looked at, someone mentioned franchising to him, you know, a consultant, and we looked at it, we went through the whole analytical process and we looked at different options and we landed on one that resonated for us with our personal values and our professional values. And we stepped into it with the understanding and awareness that it would be what they call a semi-absentee business model, where you could be, you could work it behind the scenes as the owner and hire a manager and and have that person be frontline and and handle the day-to-day operations, but it would take some ramp up. So the short version of that story, which was a very, very long, <laughs> long story, was that it was so beneficial in so many ways. I mean, I, I learned how to run a, I first learned how to build out a space, you know, a construction uh-huh. project that right. was amazing. So that was a new experience. And then to launch a brand in a new market where this franchise didn't exist, you know, in my local market at all prior to us opening up, it was a big investment. And a, we under, we, we got a loan, you know, to underwrite part of it and the whole Nine yards, so it was a big undertaking, and then staffing it, and opening it, and marketing it, and and getting the brand out there. So within two years, I was able to get it to break even and then profit. And I'm really, really proud of that. It was a lot of hard work, and of course, more time commitment. I think most things end up being more time than what you anticipate going into it. And that was another. That was another.
0: It was a key takeaway, right? Because you said in the beginning when you were looking at kind of. The reason that you transitioned out of direct sales or network marketing is because you wanted more predictability and more consistency. And so, would you say that that would be your word of the reason why you moved out of network marketing?
1: Yes, probably. Um, Buyer control. Yeah. Okay. Control. So, control. Yeah, mm-hmm. because
0: the lack of control within direct sales. And, and so what came to me was this sense of you have to choose your heart because there's a theme here of like everything is going to be. And when I say choose your heart, it doesn't particularly have to be hard. But people, you know, when they receive information, they organize it. Emotionally, of what, how it's going to sit within you, and so some people would be like, "Well, that's the reason why I am going into direct sales into and, and network marketing because I do want more flexibility and I do want to stay home with my family." But for some people, in some situations, that doesn't always look the same, mm-hmm. and it, it really does depend on how you organize it in your mind and what value where you're putting your value and your for your time and your energy, and so you move out of direct sales to move into a brick and mortar and a franchise business. And then it's another type of heart. And the Mm -hmm. time commitment was still there is what I heard you say, right?
1: It was, I mean, I was able to do a lot of the recruitment from home and the marketing from home and do all the back end stuff behind the scenes and strategic stuff from home, which I could do when the babies were sleeping and, you know, things right. like that. So I didn't have to be out and about as much as I did for the network marketing business, because that was all about connecting with people and the best way to do that, at least at the time was face to face and in person. So the FaceTime, you know, was able to go down, but the, the actual workload was up because of all the different streams of work and the pressure went up because now there's pressure to cover rent, cover payroll and that's and good. that's a real eye opener when when you're doing that for the first time. So the end result of that was that, as I said, two years, we got to break even, then we quickly got to profit, and then we hit a bump in the road. There's always a, a blind spot that hits you, usually in most situations. And this one was outside of our control. There was a major, they sold, the landlord sold the building to another management company. And so the game, the rules of engagement and the rules of the game sort of changed. And one of the things they, the new landlords did was they did a massive reconstruction in the plaza area that we were physically located on on the street level and that was a major disruption to traffic to our business awareness that we were even still open a lot of people thought we were closed and so we had like a 20 to 30 percent decrease in revenues for an extended period of time It was about probably the better part of nine to ten months so we went backwards we went from profitability to losing money within less than a you know year three so that was really painful you know, as, as I'm sure is, is easy to understand. And my husband and I had to then decide, you know, can we sustain this, you know, and can we recover from it in a way that's comfortable or do we need to cut our losses and move on? And we decided to cut our losses and move on and put it up for sale. And it took another year and a half to two years just to find the right buyer Because that also is a very delicate process. You know, there's people that expressed interest, a lot of people that we interviewed, and um, some of them just weren't the right fit. And I was very committed that it be as smooth of a transition of ownership for my staff and my clients at the time, you know, as possible. So at that point, you know, it was was a really painful time and a pretty dark time, I'll say, you know, because of the, the loss of revenue and the sense that it felt like failure, you know, at the time, you know, now I have a different perspective in that I know I was meant to go through that experience so that I could, again, you know, build my toolkit, get these experiences under my belt. I tell many people that it's from in my mind, it was the equivalent of getting an MBA, you know, running wow. a running a brick and mortar business for five years with no experience in doing it and having to learn trial by fire and with other mentors, it just, for me, that's what it, it felt like. Although my purpose and my original reason for going into it was to contribute, you know, in the health and wellness space and to have this stability sure. with income, you know, we did have stability for a period of time and then we didn't. So, but nothing is forever in life, you know, whatever yeah. you set out to do, you're gonna get benefits and then there's gonna be some struggles and challenges and I think you know it, it also helped me with my resiliency because I remember I was just the-
0: gonna say that that's the word that just came to me you are so resilient <laughs> because you know we've been connected for a very long time and I do remember that just like you're talking right now is the way you would talk to me then <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, you know, like, and it's not to say that there was an emotion and there wasn't, obviously there was a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain, like you said, and I appreciate your honesty and transparency in that process, but there is a level of resilience that comes from moving through the experience and seeking the support that you need in order Mm -hmm. to move forward. And so good for you. You know, I don't get it because I never had a brick and mortar, but I can only imagine, you know, what lessons I'm sure you can write a book about that, you know, what lessons you've actually pulled out from it and what you would do. So this is a really key question. Would you do anything different?
1: Oh, yeah, that's always a tricky one, because I, you know, yeah, I try yeah. not to live with regrets. You know, right. I, I, in the beginning, I would say oh, I regret going into the business to begin with. But that's really more attached to the loss of money, you know, and when you are able to remove yourself from the attachment, mm-hmm. the emotional attachment yes. we have to money, meaning good versus bad or yes. successful versus failure, yes. if you remove all of that filtering and and meaning that we insert into it. It was not a mistake. You know, it was a decision that we made very thoughtfully, very clearly, very strategically. And I got a lot of benefit from it. In fact, I remember one client telling me once as she came and went for our services, she was like, you know, I'm so grateful that you're here running this business and that it's you behind that desk, you know, the show because you're really making a difference for people in their health and wellness. And, and I'm just like, it was just very unexpected compliment, but so from her heart and so authentic. And those are some of the moments I had where it was so affirming as to why I did this and what I, you know, the deeper meaning of why I went into it to begin with. So, you know, and I also just quickly remember that one of the, lower moments I had when I had lost a couple of staff members and I had to fill in for them and and do shift work. And I was closing out the space at night, getting ready to close. And I was the only one in the place and I was mopping the floors. (laughs) And I remember having a moment where I was like, I can't believe I've invested this much money in this business and I'm mopping the (laughs) floors because I have no staff. Like it just was one of those moments. I was like, what did I do? But I came out of it, you know, we finally found the right buyer and we sold it. And, you know, we didn't we didn't break even, unfortunately, but it it came to the point of acceptance. And I realized that there were things that I was supposed to get from this experience that I might not even be aware of yet. And that's where the spiritual aspect comes in for me. You know, I really had to trust. I had to first accept these are my circumstances. And I took my power back and, you know, we sold it. We did what we needed to do. And then I had to really just trust that it would all come to, the meaning would be revealed in the next phase of my career. And it truly, truly was. I mean, I took some time off, you know, we sold the business. It was a very hard transition, you know, emotionally, because I absolutely loved my staff and my clients and i didn't want to let people down and all of that. But once people, you know, heard that, you know, I was doing this so that I could reset so that I could be back home with my children and not be working seven days a week, you know, 12 hours a day, because that's how long the business was open. It was a seven day a week thing. And there were no, there was no breathing room. And so, Over time, you know, I took some time off, about six months, and I did some other project work just in the meantime to just, you know, keep myself engaged in something but not overcommitted. And then it really hit me in the holiday season of the following year what I was meant to do. You know, it just...
0: That holiday season, boy, that Christmas, that, that's a beautiful season. That's where all the gifts are in the that holidays.
1: That's true. I, you know, I didn't even think about it as a gift. That's true. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was like just, you know, it, it spoke to me and, and I just felt like, wow, this is really, you know, i could I could go back into corporate America. I could go back into yeah. network marketing. I could do, you know, some freelance work and, you know, work right. part time on a project basis. And I, I did do some of that for a short period of time. But I kept saying to myself and coaching myself to say, what is it that I really want to do now? What is it that I've right. always wanted to do? And it came to me that the one thing that I've been doing in every single career and job that I've had this whole time has been coaching and mentoring, you know, in my HR career, people would be lining up at my door to talk to me and share things and brainstorm and strategize. That's one of the things I became known for when I was in network marketing. I was full-time coaching and mentoring and training in order to build my team and have them be successful and have them think powerfully and, you know, be able to, succeed in their own businesses. So that was a key part of my role. And then when I was running the brick and mortar business, the franchise in order for my staff to do what they needed to do and connect with the clients and build the loyalty that we built and the reputation that we built, I had to constantly coach and mentor and train them. So it just became very clear. It was like, that's the thing. That's the thing I need to be doing. And I need to put all of my energy on that So it then it just made sense to focus full time on coaching. And, you know, I do training work as well as part of that. But that's, you know, that's what I felt called to do at that point.
0: You know, it's such a beautiful story and such a great transition. I wasn't there for the entire thing, but 75% of it I was. And it was just so, I'm so grateful to be a part of your life because your energy and your disposition is so calming. Even when you talk about, you know, traumatic situations or some, you know, certain things, just like I mentioned earlier, there's just this sense of calming. And so as a coach, particularly working in corporate America or training, because your organizational skills and your HR background leads you to support organizations and supporting their staff and coaching for them, that you really have essentially found your sweet spot, which is it's it's really Patty Franco, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that, you know, for some people may seem a bit scary when it's just about you. But it seems like you've gathered this power and this control. And I didn't get the last word from the transition from the brick and mortar to your current. Obviously, to coaching. The coaching. Yeah. What would that word be that you were searching for?
1: I think it's contribution,
0: contribution. So control, power and contribution is now is all those things are within you, you know, and they always have been. And so to be able to have these experience to really bring to light, like, wow, this is really what I have always been meant to do, you know, so if you're listening, and you're just like, how do I move forward, just know that you have the internal organization from emotions and where you're at, that really, it's a spiritual journey, you know? <laughs> It is. It really is. It, it comes forth. It's a very pragmatic in a certain way, but it's also very spiritual, you know, and it's, it's an awakening on, on so many levels. And so I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful that you mentioned that that's really where your sweet spot is. Like what is consistent throughout all these positions that I've been in? Where is my sweet spot? And being totally transparent about You know, if you would do it differently, you know, people say, no, I don't, I don't want to do things differently. Well, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that. But it all comes to be as exactly it's supposed to be. So what would you suggest as we close? to those women who are looking for that support and seeking change? Like what would be the first thing that you would, you know, if you can just give us like two points of of one thing that you would do to support somebody in the transition of, of this type of corporate and work change?
1: So I would say first and foremost, give yourself space, give yourself space and time to reflect to and do it through journaling, through talking to other people. You know, if you're more extroverted and you need to chat with your trusted advisors your confidants your best friends but people who you respect and who also want to just be there to hold the space for you and listen to you that provided so much opening for me to just explore and figure it out so i would say you know do some reflection do you know share with others if you can work with a coach it may and you know if you're really stuck that may really help but i would say it's it's give yourself space get yourself the support that you need. So there's always, as soon as you get present to your truth and your purpose or what you want to do next, the next thing that always happens is fear. You know, you're like, Oh, here's all the reasons why I can't do that. Or it's not going to work or why that's not a good idea. And we talk ourselves out of things all the time. And it's funny. I just literally got off the phone with a coaching client who shared with me his story of how he explored going into a business with him and another person. And he decided at the end of it, not to, But he was really happy with his decision. It was because he gave himself the time and the space, went through the process of really looking at it from all perspectives. How will this impact my family? How will this, how will I feel doing it? Am I willing to Mm -hmm. put in the energy and the effort? Because it's all well and good to want to start a business. But if you're not willing to do the work to make it take off, then it may not be the right moment or it may not be the right business for you. So I think we all have to give ourselves the space to explore it, flush it out, get input, you know, get clarity for ourselves and then figure out, you know, then make the decision and make it from a powerful place.
0: Clarity is what sticks out most for me. You know, that sense of clarity, like it's a vision and you have this idea of what it is that you want in your future and how you want to live, but it the clarity in the sense that it has to be internally clear for you, you Mm -hmm. know, like it has to be in your body, it has to be clear that this is the path that you want to move towards. And then you find your support system. And so that space, I totally agree with that, like, Mm -hmm. expansion of self to be able to show up authentically so that you can make authentic decisions that are in line with your highest and greatest good.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better. (laughs)
0: You're so kind. I love that we are on this journey together. And I'm so grateful to have you here, Patty. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much to Patti Franco for her time and insight. What I absolutely loved about Patty, what I love about her actually, is how grounded and calm she is and how she in this conversation really seamlessly integrates her lesson into the story. And she takes that integration and moves it into the next part of her story in her life. And I really get to experience that as her friend. So thank you so much, Patty. Make sure you grab her information in the show notes. And so thank you so much, guys. Be sure to subscribe on the listening platform if you love this and join me on social media at Gift to Shift. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this journey. It's five months. It feels like yesterday, but we debuted five months ago. So I'm so grateful that you're here and we'll talk next week.